Professor Leo, Elimination King Leo, Cat Guy Leo, TJ Compliment and Leo, all the Leos coming out to play today. Plus, enemies become partners, the power structure of the house flips, a blindfolded demolition derby, trivia used again, Kayla and Dom pull a power move, and TJ, you do look fly as fuck today, as you do every day, my man. It's the Challenge USA Episode 7 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. On today's podcast, we are talking all things Episode 7, Challenge USA. We've entered the back half of this inaugural season on CBS, the Challenge USA, the prelims, if you will, for the eventual World Championship of Challenges, as we are told repeatedly by TJ VoiceOver every one of these episodes. They do not want you to forget that there is a second season of this with all of the winners from all of the different countries, including this show where watching and I'm not going to forget don't you worry CBS we'll be here talking about it just the same as we are here today to talk about the challenge USA episode 7 a very fun and exciting episode with lots to get to we will get to that shortly here quick programming notes we had season 14 and 15 of the rewatch series posted last week that is the inferno 3 and the gauntlet 3 check those out if you have not already we will then be on a brief hiatus with the rewatch series and instead turning from looking at an older season to a player of old, one of the original OGs, and doing a little deep dive into single careers here for a few weeks uh, until I am back home from some vacation and some travel where I can then dive back in deep to the next seasons. We'll still be going straight chronological order. We will get to the island season 16 in two, three weeks from now, and we'll hopefully be having some guests when we get to that season and a few of the other seasons in the late teens. So we've got a lot coming up. The script is changing a little bit here for a couple weeks, but no matter what, you will be having these Challenge USA recaps coming to you late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. I'm on East Coast time right now, which is why this one's coming to you early Thursday morning versus late Wednesday night. Not used to having to be up so late to be able to watch my favorite show and do my favorite podcast, but that's the time zone I reside in right now. So let's get into it. Let's start with our Cliff Notes recap as always. We'll touch on some storylines and topics and opinions. Then we'll hit the awards, power rankings, predictions. You know the drill. Let's go. Kicking it off with everything that happened plot-wise in this seventh episode of the Challenge USA. As quickly as we can, our Cliff Notes recap. Here we go. Three, two, one, and we are off. There are new partners yet again. The algorithm has spit out Enzo and Angela, Danny and Justine, David and Cache, Kylan and Kira, Leo and Alyssa, Dominic and Kayla, Tyson and Sarah, that's a juicy one, and Ben and Desi. 
Back at the house, the trio of Tyson, Angela, Kyland have a meeting about keeping those with money safe. Meanwhile, Dominic calls them the three-headed monster and begins the plot to take a shot at one of them. Then after an awkward conversation between enemies turned partners, Sarah and Tyson, we get a phone call home from Leo who finds out his three bars that he owns are losing money and having problem after problem. His girlfriend tells him he should come home, so he packs up to leave. But partner Alyssa stops him and asks him to stay a day, find out what it will do to her game. He agrees, and we get to the next day's daily challenge. It's called recreational driving. Drive a car with four balls attached to the side of it. If your car wrecks or the balls pop, then you are out. Demolition Derby style. Last car driving wins. First car out. Goes straight to the arena. Also, oh yeah, every driver is blindfolded while their teammate tells them what to do because... That's the challenge. That's, of course, what they're going to do. Things get off to a fast start, and instead of lots of people hitting each other, it's mostly people running into the walls and barrels and knocking themselves out of the competition. Leo and Alyssa are the first to do so, sending them into elimination. Team by team goes down until it's Danny and Justine versus Kayla and Dominic, with the latter dominating the final battle and getting the win and 10 Gs that come with it. Back at the house, a lot of conversations are had. Leo tells Dom and Kayla he will be giving it his all in the limb. Angela and Kylan both try to swing deals with the power couple. Tyson tries to convince Sarah not to ask to be thrown in to try to earn some money. And we eventually head to the arena with no real idea of what is going to go down. Once there, Leo lets TJ know he looks fly as fuck before Kylan and Kira are thrown in to face off with Alyssa and Leo in a game called Ball and Chain, where you answer six trivia questions using weighted medicine balls that you have to put on top of a 10-foot-tall structure in the middle of the arena. As it starts, Kylan and Kira struggle to figure out how to lift her up high enough to get the balls up on top. Meanwhile, Alyssa and Leo off to a fast start. They've got the process down. Some questions are eventually missed. Balls are eventually dropped. It all comes down to who can find their wrong answer and change it first. After a series of incorrect checks from Kira and Kylan, it's Alyssa and Leo who figure out just how many albums Adele has put out, and they get the elimination win. Kylan and Kira say their goodbyes. Leo and Alyssa say hello to a whole bunch of money stolen from the former two. And TJ drops a twist that the algorithm, that perfect, perfect algorithm, is no more as the episode comes to a close. Let's talk some storylines, and there is a good amount in this episode that is very worthwhile to talk about. A few of the most obvious things are going to fit a little more neatly into some of the awards section, so if you feel like I'm just completely bypassing some of the biggest parts of the episode here, don't worry, we will get to that. But here's where I'd like to start. There's one big topic I'd like to discuss, but before we do, a smaller topic in itself, a big topic. It's just one we've talked about before very recently, but needs mentioned here again, and that is in the challenge house. If you get a chance to take your shot, you do it. And this season, one of the things that has been so great about all of these new players in this new version of the game over on CBS is that they may actually understand some of the truths of the challenge more than a lot of the players currently playing it over on MTV because for the second time this season that we bring this up, take your shot when you get it, they do, and it works. It doesn't always work, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still take it. We talked about it 
back in episode four when Kylan and Alyssa took their shot at Xavier. It landed. They got him out of the game, whether it would have or would not have. It was the right decision for them to make at the time. We were proud of them for doing so. And here today, we are so very proud of Kayla and Dominic, two people who I obviously do not know other than seven episodes of 40 minutes of television, whatever that math works out to. But I am proud of them nonetheless because they got the chance to take a shot and they did so. And again, if it wouldn't have worked, that doesn't matter. It still would have been worth it. It still is the right game move. We don't play the results here at the Challenge Historian. We play the strategy and this was it, especially from Dom's side, from either of their sides, Kayla or Dom. They've got this three-headed monster, as Dom calls it, in Tyson, Angela, and Kylan, who have one of those three has been on every single winning team up until pretty much them now winning this episode. They know they need to break that up. They are presented with a little bit. Uh, maybe we just didn't see it. I'm sure someone mentioned it directly to Kayla and Dom uh, as Kyland references it in confessional, but we never see them be told, hey, now that you're in the winner's club, this is what we do. We protect the other winners. That is referenced, so I'm sure those conversations were had and were in conversations we maybe even saw, we just didn't see those moments of, but they are the first ones to flip the script and say, no, 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 there's too many of us winners now, and I'm a little nervous about going up against some of you winners in the final, which is why Dom, it feels like, has a little more say here. They eventually have to decide between that they're not going to go for Tyson and Sarah. Dom and Sarah seem to be friendly enough that he's willing to listen to her say, I'll throw you in, but I am not going to do it unless you legitimately tell me to do it. I don't want to piss off Tyson that much of these three. It comes to Angela and Kylan. From Kayla's point of view, obviously, you'd probably want to go for Angela because that is your direct competition if you're just thinking the female side of the game and the male side of the game and not factoring partners and whatnot into it. From Dom's point of view, as he says, I would love to have Angela as a partner, so I want to keep her. I want to throw in Kylan because I don't want to run a final against him. So it feels like Dom won out in the end. Either way, they both went in deciding we've got to take a shot at one of the big three in the house that's running this house, that's dominating this game. And I love the little tidbit from Kayla that she throws in that, you know what, they they actually do... I'm about to talk some uh, negative uh, commentary on production, so let me give them a nice little shout-out here first. From the editing side, the editing team, we get Kayla saying in a confessional during the elongated uh, deliberation sequences and strategy sequences, we have Kayla say, there's one person in this house who never seems to want to talk game with me, and it's really bothering me, rubbing me the wrong way, something of that nature. Never talking game with her. And as they say that confessional, they show her speaking to Angela. They show Angela repeatedly during that little moment, so we are led to believe as the viewer that Angela has been giving Kayla the cold shoulder, but then we get to the elimination, we find out that was just a little edited trick that it's actually Kyland as Kayla says Kyland after every single daily challenge is in the house talking to every single person one-on-one -on -one conversations building relationships building alliances except for with her and guess what if that's true it seems true she seems like a pretty honest person who's gonna lay it bare for us in the confessional booth uh good and bad move by Kyland you gotta you gotta if you're gonna talk to Everyone but one person in the house, you might as well just 
talk to that other person too. It doesn't have to be that long. You don't have to actually promise anything. You don't have to actually live up to anything you say to them. But if you're going to talk to everyone but one, stopping with one person left is a little obvious, and it comes back to bite him. But Kayla and Dom take their shot. They go for Kylan and therefore Kira along with them. They get him out of the game. And as the, the reason you do this is because in the elimination, you never know what could happen unless you walk in there and you see something that you guarantee know exactly what that is. You see a hall and there's nothing else with it. There's just a hall and a bell on either end. You're like, there can't be any other tricks. This is a classic hall brawl. I know what that is. Then and only then could you assess, hey, are the people I'm going to throw in? Is the shot I'm going to take? What's the probability that it lands? If you see a pole in the middle, maybe but otherwise, you see some contraption. You see a bunch of medicine balls with, wrapped up in, uh, you know, in cords and chains and whatever. You don't know what the hell they're going to do. You don't know how the hell it's going to play out. You take your shot. You hope it hits. This one does for Dom and Kayla. That is wonderful for them. And thank you, thank you, thank you to them and to Kylan and Alyssa before them and everyone this season who's understanding that when you play the challenge, you play it aggressive. Moving on, I referenced that there would be some negative talk about production, and here we are again. This one, though, more, more just a thought. I'm not, uh, I'm not here to trash on the production. Uh, this episode actually produced extremely well as far as the games were considered and everything else, and the season overall has been produced at a high level. But from a true, not the production in the field, but a production up front, the idea-making, the conceptual production of the show. I've got a couple questions, and the big one is, are they overthinking things? Are they trying maybe a little too hard with this initial season, this brand-new season that they're hoping goes to a somewhat brand-new audience on CBS, uh, Aaron after Big Brother, the whole thing? Is production overthinking this? Because... There's a couple examples in this episode that are worth discussing. First and foremost, with the Daily Challenge, let's blindfold them. Sounds great in a meeting. Hey, we're sitting around, we're pitching, you know, extremely hard work, as I have said before, extremely hard work for this production crew to come up with new Daily Challenge after new Daily Challenge for hundreds and hundreds of episodes of this. And now they've got All-Stars, MTV, CBS version. They got all these different Daily Challenges they have to come up with. That in itself is a literal Daily Challenge. It's very, very difficult. But I can just imagine sitting around a table saying, all right, what if, uh, you know what? Demolition Derby. How about we do a Demolition Derby? That would be sweet. We should do that. Okay, great. That's a great idea. That I, Everything about that's perfect in pairs. Yeah, they can both sit in the car. Fantastic. Demolition Derby. Boom. Mark it down. That's going to be a big one. We can put that in the trailer. Everything. Everyone's going to love that. And then someone sitting at the end of the table pulls, uh, and yeah, I want to reference the guy and I think he should leave. I forget that wonderful, wonderful old man's name, but you know what I'm talking about if you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, someone at the end of the table says, yeah, but you know what? What if we blindfolded them? We should blindfold them. That would make it even better. And then everyone else was like, yeah, in the moment you say blindfolded demolition derby, that sounds amazing. When it actually happens though, and we watch it, maybe it uh, doesn't work as well because we end up with, instead of cars running into each other and any, anyone actually knocking other opponents out of the game and any real true competitiveness, 
we just get people randomly running into barrels and knocking themselves out of the competition. Now, I understand that for this to work as a pairs event, doing the whole blindfold thing makes it so that both partners are doing something. One's driving, one is instructing where to steer. And so from that standpoint, I get it. You kind of need this little extra layer on top. It doesn't just sound cool, but it makes it so it's interactive and both everyone is participating. It's not just a one person's going to win or lose this for the whole team. But in all honesty, would it have been that bad if if the other person was just, you know, an extra set of eyes that was just yelling some stuff out or maybe they had a way to... I don't know. They, I guess it would be convoluted either. Any way you did it to add, you know, maybe they have a paintball gun and they get to shoot the other cars for bonus points or something. I don't know. That's just as convoluted and even worse than blindfolded. So I'm showing how hard and difficult this is in the moment. But it feels like they could have just said, fuck it, we're doing a straight-up demolition derby. That's going to be more interesting television than all the cars just running into a barrel and being like, oh, we can't reverse. Okay, I guess we're out. And no one really hitting each other feels overthought to me, as does trivia used for a third time during the elimination in this episode. We got our full-blown trivia daily challenge. We had the (laughs) way overthought spelling Eeb last week as a precursor to the actual elimination. Now, this elimination, we get full-blown trivia as a part, a major part, almost the biggest part of this elimination here, which was absolutely fantastic. This elimination game was fantastic. Loved, loved, loved it. Probably reaches all the way into the A range. A minus probably if I had to give a quick grade for the elimination. Absolutely loved it. And in a vacuum, uh, you know, just by itself, this was an unbelievable and killer. But this was the third time we've seen some version of trivia inserted into the game. And there are a lot of challenge staples that people would love, both those like myself, the OG challenge fans, porting over from the older franchises into the new franchise, and as well as would be loved to be introduced to the new fans of the show, maybe coming in from the CBS side. So, yes, I want trivia to be there. Yes, trivia is the biggest challenge staple there is from a daily challenge standpoint, but let's use all the challenge staples. Maybe we don't just have to use one repeatedly over and over and turn this into a where trivia is this outsized, unbelievably big element of the show. While it's great almost every time, and again, I'm saying it as coming off of it being great in this elimination, the only time it wasn't of the three times is really the spelling Ebe was seemingly seemingly pointless, even if it gave one team you know a little lead, whatever. It was a little pointless and very much the overthought, so I'm kind of roping this into this segment from last week, but... The, the 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 point still stands. Trivia for the third time, a lot of challenge staples. Maybe we rotate some all of them in before we start hitting multiple or single ones of them multiple times. And then third and finally, dropping the algorithm at the end of the episode. We leave on a twist. And this is another one where in a vacuum, this is totally fine. And to new viewers coming in from the CBS world, I bet this seems great and fun and good. We had week one, you got to pick your partners. The next six weeks, you got matched up by the algorithm. Then at random, it dropped, and now we're going to have something new. I'll talk about what I think the new thing is going to be later when we do some predictions. But in a vacuum, that's fine. That's not all that confusing. It's not all that convoluted. But 
For those of us OG Challenge fans that have been upset in recent years with the overly complicated formats of the game and are just dying for these simple old days where TJ walks out and says, it's Rivals. That's who your partner is. This is how the game works. It ain't changing until the end of the game and it's over and we get to the next season. We all loved that. It made for more room in the show for some of the interesting human parts of the show versus just the, here's a twist, here's the high level, here's, you know, we're changing things up and over again, and now you got to figure out who's with who and what's going on with what. So for us OG Challenge fans, this is a little bit triggering to see, oh, they're really... I thought we had, I, I like the algorithm. I started going into the season. I was like, the algorithm, are you fucking kidding me? That is so silly. And then I was like, hey, this is actually working out great and wonderful. And I like everything about it. And now we're changing up from it. And again, if this was the only season of the challenge I had seen, I would I would think nothing negative of this. I would think this is fun and exciting and twists. Yay, we love it. But as an OG challenge fan, always wanting them to not overcomplicate things, this is, you know, hopefully this is the last time there's a big twist in the season because we don't want to end up in a double agent spies, lies, and allies scenario where week to week we just have no idea who's with who and why they're with who and who has any chance of actually winning. So production, you're doing a great job. The season is wonderful. The challenges, the eliminations are awesome, but don't overthink it. It's allowed to be simple. People are okay in these shows with simple because simple gives room for all of the actual characters and these storylines to breathe. The story doesn't have to be the twist. The stories are going to be what happens in the house. These people are professionals at this. You're putting these people in the cast for a reason. They're going to make good television. Allow them to make the good television. You don't have to overthink your way into the good television. To our awards we go, and yes, there is a bunch of storylines. The main characters of this episode have not really even been talked about, but they will via these awards. So let's kick it off with the best quote of the episode. We've got four nominees here, starting it off, chronological order as always, with Alyssa, one of the stars of the show, when announced via the algorithm that she is with Leo, the person, the male in the cast that everyone has been wanting, all the females have been wanting to throw into elimination just so they don't have to be partnered with my guy, Leo. Alyssa tries to play off her excitement via confessional. Take it away, Alyssa. Leo's great. Leo is the best competitor here, and I'm so excited to compete with him. Was it believable? Was it not bad? I don't know. I would say it actually was believable, well-done sarcasm all around from her. Then we've got Kylan discussing driving with his eyes closed and whether or not he has done that before. Have I driven a car with my eyes closed or somebody covering my eyes before? Yes. I have some crazy friends, and we do crazy things sometimes. Uh, at least we did when we were younger. Definitely not nothing like this now. Don't worry, Mom. Anytime you have someone in the confessional both realize they need to couch something and apologize to their mother, you've got some confessional gold. Third nominee goes to the Kiki reference. Danny drops Kiki. He goes to confessionals without mentioning Kiki in this episode. I was a little worried that the bit was over, but nope. Comes back around this time. He's always loving. He's always building Kiki up. He's always thanking Kiki for something. This time he drops the full honesty. Hey, Kiki ain't such a good driver. Stop it. 
in regular life, I am a very good driver. I drive my wife Kiki around everywhere because she is the opposite. She's a horrible driver. So she would know that I am probably the best driver on the road. It's safe to say that almost any time he references her the rest of the season, if the bit continues, which I sure hope it does, I hope it goes all season long, he's probably going to get nominated here. Then our fourth and final nominee is one Leo, who has many, many sayings and moments this episode that could have been nominated for best quote. But the one that we choose is him talking about one day new challenge players looking up to him. They think my head's not in this right now, but little did they know, every time I'm in the arena, I have a game plan ready to go. So everyone take notes and learn because you might be on the challenge one day and you might be looking up to Professor Leo and seeing what he did. Of those four, we got to give the award to Leo because we chose that out of three or four different things that we could have chosen. So far and away, Leo, best quote of the episode as is the best moment of the episode he going to be mentioned here as well. Horrible transition by me, but we're leaving it in. Best moment of the episode. Three nominees in a wonderful episode through and through. Specific moments that stuck out. First, Tyson and Sarah's awkward meeting. I'm giving you my word. I'm not coming for you. That's I know that in her heart somewhere, she's not good with me. Even if she's saying she's good with me. Let's win tomorrow. That would be the easiest thing. I have a pretty good stockpile of challenge bucks in my account, and there really isn't a need for me to win more challenges. The only need is the only 100% guarantee to keep me safe from going into elimination, which I like, and I like having a little power. Oh, we can do a real hug. Okay. I want Tyson to think I trust Tyson, but I will never trust Tyson. I feel good. I feel good. The we can do a real hug, I feel good. I feel good too. It's just so, so clearly they don't. So clearly awkward. So clearly icy. So clearly, ah, shit. All right. Well, let's just, in actuality, what we're saying, and we both know that we're saying is, let's just get through this next 48 hours or whatever we have to be partnered. And the moment it's done, we go back to hating each other. Sound good? Sounds good. Do you feel good about that? I feel good about that. That's what's really going on there. And I love every bit of it second nominee for the moment of the episode then the entire deliberation scramble yet again they're really knocking this portion of the episode out of the park as much as i would love to you know see some more shenanigans in the house or some more just downtime people talking about their lives or funny stories or whatever uh if it's gonna just be a hundred percent focused on the strategy in the gameplay, then they're doing a great job with putting together a really well-produced segment of the show on just that. This one, another one of those. We see a bunch of different conversations had. We don't exactly know where it's going heading into the arena. We get the nice flashback used again to show Sarah does find time to talk to Dom and say, hey, maybe you could throw me in. I don't know, just an idea. I loved everything about that entire segment. And then finally, the winner of the moment of the week, the moment of the episode, goes to a combination of moments from Leo within the arena, starting with walking out and telling TJ, you look fly as fuck today, bro, to I know this was made for me, TJ, to what's up, what's up, Elimination King, bro. Everything Leo does in the Elimination uh, Arena this week is just absolute gold. Five today, bro. Oh, thank you, sir. 
Dog. How many lives has a cat said to have? Woo! I know that question's made for me, TJ! How many lives does a cat have? <laughs> no oh my way. God. Come on, Kier. What's up? What's up? Elimination King, bro. Like they're just a genuinely happy, nice, positive energy, good vibes, happy-go-lucky, happy to be here, thankful, grateful to be here, kind of person. Kylan seems like all of those things rolled into one. He seems really, really awesome, really, really lovely, and also... A high, uh, a really good competitor who cares about the show, cared about you know coming in in the right shape. We get the the moment that's really wonderful to me as he's leaving, saying how you know thankful he is, how it's the greatest game in the world, how we would love, love, love to do it again. I appreciate when the cast members appreciate the opportunity that they have as someone who obviously loves this show and would give anything in the world to actually be on it one day. That ship maybe has sailed, although the age, again, the age range of the cast this season gives me some hope. But uh, Kyland, awesome competitor all season, was one of the favorites, had been in the top three of the power rankings all season long, pretty much on the male side. So a big blow to see him go. Thought that uh, that was one person who might be competing for that title and just loved seeing a good guy on the television screen, the genuineness coming through the screen. Hope he is back in the future. We leave him, but he has a solid episode, uh, makes the MVP ballot on his way out. Then we've got Kayla and Dominic, fourth and third. Obviously, they win the daily. They take the big shot. It lands. They, you know, assert themselves on the game. Everything about that is great. They have a wonderful episode, good confessionals, the whole thing through. But our top two has to be Alyssa and Leo. Alyssa first comes in second here. She, first and foremost, handles the Leo partnership well, which it's not not saying anything negative about my guy Leo to say that she was right to be a little bit concerned, as were some of the women in the house, to be like, maybe he's not my first pick as partner. But when put with him to handle it the best possible and to go into it with the best case, you know, thinking the best case scenarios, trying your best, not thinking it's some death sentence because you got partnered with a guy who's loving to compete and having a great time doing it. There's way worse partners to have still left in this house, even if some of them won the daily challenge this episode. But she handles it well, and she gets him to stay. We haven't talked about it yet, but Leo tries to leave the game in the middle of the night during this episode. She convinces him, hey, uh, if you leave, I'm probably fucked, so maybe you don't leave. Maybe you at least stay, get through this round, and I'm guessing it was said, while we never saw it explicitly said, I'm guessing it was said, what if you just waited a day and a half until there's a moment where you're not partnered with anyone, and then you quit in that moment and made them figure it out and not just totally screw over me as your current partner for 48 hours? She handles that well. She gets him to stay. That's incredible. And convinces him not just to stay for her, but like also maybe uh, you should stay and like try really, really hard because you should still win. And it shouldn't just be staying for me for a couple days because you're not going to try your best if that's all you're staying for. You should stay for you too. She does. It's amazing. Great manipulation. Big, big move from her there. Then she kicks absolute ass at the elimination. You go into that and you think, absolutely, Alyssa and Leo, uh, the underdogs here because you, the other team is taller. The other team seems maybe a little stronger, and those two things really help with the whole medicine ball on top of the contraption thing. But Alyssa 
bringing that gymnastics background, got that balance, got the strength. We also see her running a little bit this episode. Is she a runner? Is she sneaky going to win this whole damn thing? Because I'm starting to think so, because this is an unbelievable episode from her on all fronts, politically being able to manipulate if you want to go as far as saying manipulate a partner into staying when he actively packs his bags and attempts to leave the house in the middle of the night to you know her kicking ass physically competitively Alyssa you'll be talked about again shortly on the power rankings don't you worry but our winner of the episode of the week has to has to has to be Leo what a performance what an unbelievable performance what a guy Leo is just so fun to have on the show and have around um, those bars that you're running sound like a little bit of a mess, bro. Um, I'm pulling for you. I'm hoping, uh, that, uh, one way or the other, whether you win this $500,000 to put into them or not, that you get, you know, the credit card machines figured out that you get, uh, some solid staff in place. You really build up that staff under you to be able to allow you to not be there for a little bit and still things run smooth. But, uh, you know, he's got three of them. That's impressive. He's doing a lot. Love that. Um, got to ask the question. He, he literally tried to leave. He packed his bags. He said, you know what? Emergency back home. I'm gone. We're out of here. Tells his girlfriend as much. Um, kind of difficult to say if you're going to tell your girlfriend that you're coming home. I, I, I don't know what the rules are, how often they get to phone home, but is he able to call her again the next morning and be like, Hey, just kidding. I didn't leave. And now I'm not going to leave. Or is he just going to leave it on, you know, like, Oh, he doesn't show up. Well, I guess he's, uh, I guess he's not coming back. I guess he's not. Didn't leave. When are, when are they going to get to talk again? I'm fascinated by that. I hope we get to see when they eventually do, if he does stay, because it feels like he still could leave. And if he was going to leave, now's the time to obviously do it again between rounds. But it seems what we get from him this episode, he's pretty committed to staying. We see multiple outfits in the confessional booth, which is always another editing trick to know that maybe he's around for a little bit longer than just this episode. I don't know, but um, I'm fascinated to know if Leo got to call home again or when he will call home again to let them know. Great elimination performance. We played all the clips before, and it seems like everyone is legitimately cheering for him now, which a few episodes ago, it felt like you know the cat thing was getting a little worn out, and maybe those in the house, because they also didn't want to be paired with him, that maybe Leo was rubbing people the wrong way and getting a little grating within the house. But in this one, we see... Everyone's pulling for him. Everyone's cheering for him and Alyssa. Um, how much of that is Alyssa and everyone liking her versus him or both of them at the same time? I don't know, but it seems like his standing in the house is a lot better and a lot uh, more friendly than I maybe in thought that it was an episode or two ago where it seemed like maybe everyone, he was getting on their nerves a little bit now seems a little more like they're able to just agree that he's a fun-loving guy. It's fun to root for him. Oh, there's a cat reference. That's hilarious. Oh, Leo and the cats again. Don't you know? It's just so funny every single day. So everything from Leo, the MVP of the episode, absolutely killer. Moving into our power rankings on the personal side, who am I just rooting for with this cast that was new to me at the start of this season? Danny holds down the number one spot. Leo comes out of nowhere and flies all the way into the number two spot. Desi and Angela remain on the board, but I'm getting a little less from them as the weeks go on, but still uh, rooting for Danny and Leo on the male side, Desi and Angela 
on the female side if I was just picking who I wanted to see there in the end holding that $500,000 check or whatever size checks each individual gets. As for the actual game power rankings themselves, on the female side, Angela holds down the number one spot. No reason to see change there. The big change comes with Alyssa vaulting all the way up to second place. We see her kick ass in elimination show off some of that strength, balance, cool under pressure. We see her work with a partner who's maybe not her ideal partner, but she overcomes that. We see the strategic side, and we get those glimpses of her doing some running around the warehouse. And that just all leads us to think that maybe we have wrongly underestimated Alyssa and uh, a force to be reckoned with. She's got a couple different wins under her belt this season. She's playing a good strategic game. And if, if, if the little clip we get is true and she's a runner, I'm starting to think that she could sneak in there and come out with this title. She vaults all the way to the two spot. Justine and Desi, who were last week's two and three, fall to just a, a joint three. They're kind of now in their own tier. There's only seven people left on each side, so it's easier to kind of put everyone on this list. Justine and Desi fall in my third slot as a tie, kind of as a tier for me with Sarah, Kayla, Cachet right below them. Uh, I feel like Sarah can compete with all those women above her. It just feels like from a game setting, she's going to be in that elimination a time or two, not have the best allies in the house. So that drops her into that bottom rung. But on the male side, then Tyson stays one, Danny stays two, Leo jumps all the way up to three because Kylan exits the game, our former number three. And then I don't think anyone else has a chance. I don't think Dom, Ben, David, or Enzo has a chance. I think your male champion this season is going to almost without a doubt be Tyson, Danny, or Leo. And really, I don't know. I, I could see Leo winning if Tyson and Danny weren't there. I don't know that I can see him winning if Tyson and Danny, either one or both, are in the final two. So I really feel like this is going to come down to Tyson and Danny. I just don't think Dom has the endurance for whatever the final is going to you know, have in store. And it feels like Ben, David, and Enzo just haven't been a big enough part of this season. I don't usually get too deep into the editing logic type side of the show, but they really haven't been involved much at all other than when they're in an elimination themselves. So it feels like they're, and even so, am I taking any of those four over a Tyson or a Danny or even right now my guy Leo in a final? Probably not. Probably not, honestly. Um, and so that's where the male power rankings are. Tyson, Danny, Leo, and then everyone else. Female side, really Angela, Alyssa, slight drop down, Justine, Desi, slight drop down, Sarah, Kayla, Cachet. But even Sarah, Kayla, and Cachet, all strong competitors. Uh, the, the women's side, much more interesting, much more up in the air where I feel like the male side, I kind of know who's going to be there at the end. Which brings us to, speaking of the end, predictions for the rest of the season. Uh, we lost another one of our finalists. We said Kylan would be in the final. We've now lost four of the 10 people that we predicted would be in the final. We added Ben and Justine down the line, so we've still got a chance to get a good amount right there. Uh, Survivor player winning daily team, now three in a row, yes. After two in a row, no. So that's looking a little better, although we can never get it fully right. We lose out. Said Kylan would win three daily challenges. He got two in a row. Now he's gone from the game, so we're wrong there. And then last week, we said Tyson would win the battle with Sarah and Ben would avoid getting hit by any shrapnel. Unknown so far. That battle has not been won by either side, so to be continued. We will add to the list, though, uh, for our newest prediction, 
Speaking of the the cliffhanger at the end of the episode, the algorithm is no more, as TJ said. What is going to be of how the partners or not partners works from here on out? I am actually going a two-way prediction. I wanted to predict uh, partners and pairings. That's what I wrote down. That's what I was planning on. But now in the moment that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm actually wrong about that. But I am going to circle back to it because I literally named all the pairs. So I want to do that anyways. But my actual true prediction that I'm adding to the official list is that they are going to be playing an individual game now, at least next week's episode. They will be told it is an individual daily challenge and individual eliminations. I would assume there's still a male and female elimination in each episode. They're not going to slow it down that much, but I predict that is where they're heading, at least in the short term. But just for funsies, because I previously was going to say that they're going to get to pick partners and then that's their partner for the rest of the season. If that is the way they go, here's how I would see the partners shaking out, which I think even if next week is now it's individual, at some point they will be back in partners and they will possibly run the final as partners. And that if they do get to pick a partner at any point, this is how this 14 people is going to shake out. Tyson and Angela are going to go immediately to each other and just ride it out as the favorites. Sarah and Ben are going to go immediately to each other as allies and say, it's fine. There's no more. The strategy's out the window. It's just surviving and advancing. Kayla and Leo are going to say, I, you know, screw it. I guess Kayla may Leo's going to go to Kayla and think amazing racers We're you know, we get along. We, you know, we worked together before. Um, in this instance, I don't know, maybe Kayla bails on that. Desi and Danny, I feel like, are going to look at each other as survivor players who are both see each other as physical threats. Uh, that's who I want to be partnered with and go for it. That would leave Dom, David, Enzo, Alyssa, Cache, Justine as the awkward pairings. I feel like Dom would maybe try to grab Alyssa. Alyssa would be like, oh, I don't really want to be with you, but also David or Enzo. I feel like David would end up being the prize of that crop with Alyssa, Cache, and Justine, all three being like, oh, we kind of want you, David. You got to pick between us. Maybe Kayla ditches a Leo and comes over and goes for a David too. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is the women don't have as good of options on their side of things as the men if they have to pick final partners, especially if they pick final partners and Tyson and Danny are immediately grabbed by the obvious partner candidate for them like I think they will. So that's the predictions. That's your power rankings. That's your episode. Episode 7, it was a really good one. Again, a lot going on, a lot to like as this whole season has had. So thank you so much for being here. As always, hit that follow, subscribe button wherever you may be listening so you don't miss a thing. Be on the lookout. We've got some player resume uh, podcast and videos coming soon. Otherwise, we'll be back again next week to continue our recaps of the Challenge USA. As always, get in touch over on Instagram at Challenge Historian. If you just want to banter about the challenge, you've got uh, you know a topic you've always wanted to talk about, no one to talk about it with, I'm that person. Hit me up at Challenge Historian. I'll talk about it with you. You got a hot take about this season of USA? I would love to hear that from you. If I get any super unbelievable, great hot takes or opinions about this season, I will bring them onto the podcast. Of course, shouting you out. I ain't stealing no ideas here. Just want to hear what the people have to say. So get in touch if you want. Otherwise, thanks for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. I will talk to you again soon. Peace.